thank you for joining me for Quite Excellent, episode number 26. Today I'll be reading another poem from Billy Collins, who you might remember from On Turning Ten. This one is titled Today, which I found in A Poem for Every Day of the Year, edited by Ali Asiri. But before I get to this week's poem, we need to discuss our last one, Toad Circus, by Julia Story. Uh, When is a poem not a poem? When it is prose, and even then, it is still poetry because who are you to tell it who to be anyway? This poem was selected because of how uncommon and strange encountering prose poetry is, and how important I think it is to introduce to new genres, subjects, and forms of text. Even the title of this poem begs that questions be asked. What is a toad circus? Who knows? From what I can tell from the opening sentence of the poem, I feel confident saying it was a bad idea. And how would my students respond to the poem that doesn't look like a poem? I wasn't sure about that either, but sometimes going in uncertain results in wonderful surprises. Here's the poem. Toad Circus by Julia Story. The day after my toad circus, the toads were all dead crunchy and silent in their window well. I wanted to draw a doorway to walk through to get to the world of lilacs. Purple, contagious green leaves and no movement but the steady invisible breathing of flowers. I know I had to tell someone what I had done, so I first walked to the park and stayed there until dusk, sitting on the glider or in the middle of the rusty and dangerous merry-go-round. I can't remember which. When it was nearly dark, I walked home, certain that they were worried and maybe even out looking for me. When I got there, I saw them busy in the kitchen through the window, so I hid in the backyard until it was good and dark, a living thing on a swing set in the gloom, the attic in my head cracking open for the first time, and I went in. It is clear that there are poetic purists in my class, as once again I have some derisive comments, with many students calling the format of the prose poem boring, or dismissing it as the dead toad paragraph. But I think there is something importantly analytical in these dismissals, and I'll see if I can't tie them in to the other readings from my students. One of the reasons I believe students are often intimidated by poetry is that It is known for having space for reader interpretation. All prose writing has this too, actually, but we generally don't think about novels and short stories the same way. It seems reasonable, then, that many students found a poem written to be in a more familiar writing format to be one that is more personal to the reader, allowing for actual greater interpretation. There were a few explanations for this. One suggested the lack of intricate structure makes the poem more open to the reader because the poem isn't imposing its own rules on the meaning, leaving a gap for readers to fill. Another suggested that by removing the space and form created by lines and stanzas, material in the poem is, and this is my word, buried. But each reader, and the student's notes, sometimes past and present versions of the same reader, but each reader can find something different that stands out to them in a structure that doesn't let anything visually stand out. 
In my introduction to this poem in the last episode, I noted how the lack of stanzaic structure removes guides for the rhythm of the poem, and one reading expanded on this, reasonably concluding, I think, that if those guides are up to the reader, then the poem becomes more the reader's to control, becoming more relatable. Not all students believe that the prose structure of Toad Circus was about creating space for interpretation, however, with many arguing for specific effects that hold up really well. Most of these readings connected the emotional situation of the speaker, who suffers emotionally in isolation, seemingly alone for hours without anyone wondering where they are. Students commented that it appeared that the speaker stayed out late hoping that someone would go looking for them. When nobody did, they felt more alone than ever. And a couple of these linked this to the prose structure, with one noting that a toad circus, quote, looks like a normal paragraph, but sounds like a poem when you read it, which I'd extend to the suffering of the speaker, whose pain isn't outwardly noticed by anyone. Another noticed that this structure pairs well with the imaginary imagery of the poem, quote, to show that while the speaker is talking about figurative things, the emotions they feel are very real. Uh, I think the prose format might actually make the feelings more concrete, like is being said. That makes sense. They aren't a performative art, and so don't appear at first glance to be a poetic art. It might be that this poetic paragraph is more emotionally true and honest and concrete because of its form. The environmental descriptions of the poem were important to the creation of the poem's mood, uh, according to students, with them regularly describing it as dark and gloomy, with many pointing to the crunchy and silent toads in the first sentence as establishing this early, and the speaker described as, quote, a living thing on a swing in the gloom, ending the poem the same way. In the middle, there is even danger, quoting a student, I see the merry-go-round as an old, broken, and rusty playset. It feels dark or unsettling as the speaker describes the park as if his incident, by which I believe the student means the dead toad circus, has taken an effect on their surroundings. One student even suggested that the speaker sought out this dangerous play equipment because they believe they need to be punished. And without anyone else to do it, they put themselves at risk of injury, quote, wanting subconsciously to get hurt. The emotional experience of the speaker is complex in my students' readings. Many readings suggest the speaker demonstrates guilt and shame, sometimes in the blunt descriptions, crunchy and silent, or the structure. No line breaks show how, quote, overwhelmed with emotion the speaker is. That previously mentioned isolation features in many of these readings, with the attic at the end being a locked away place where the family forgets them even in the home, and the toads, now dead, being the only company they once had. Uh, a need for escape was the last of the primary emotions my students identified, with these readings relying mostly on the, quote, doorway to walk through to get to the world of lilacs, a place where they can be, quote, near flowers that breathe and were full of life. Finally, I'd like to mention some more singular readings that I couldn't fit uh, quite with any of the other groups. One notes that for all the gloom previously described in the earlier readings I mentioned, the poem actually pulls the reader back and forth between light and dark, from the dead toads to the imaginary world of flowers, then back to the gloom in the backyard, and then to what could 
maybe, in at least one interpretation, be a hopeful, positive light in the attic. The poem, then, isn't just about gloom and sadness, but about good and bad emotions and their constant presence in our lives. One last reader suggests that there is something fantastical in the poem, that the speaker is in another world, where there are doors to worlds of lilacs that we cannot always access, even when we want them. Back to the top, I, I mentioned that this is a poem whose format is boring, or this is just the dead toad paragraph, but if we see the speaker as someone who feels neglected, who feels that their pain is overlooked, feels alone, I think a prose structure fits that really well. Because, from a distance, their pain doesn't stand out. There's nothing important about it. It's boring to look at. Oh, it's going to talk about dead toads. So what? So I think the dismissals that I mentioned at the very beginning actually support a lot of what's going on in these other analyses. Uh, once again, just excellent work all around. Nothing to add, really. Applause, ticker tape, bells, all that stuff. Wonderful work, guys. Our next poem is Today by Billy Collins. Okay, after two weeks of strangely formatted poetry, we are back to something that looks like poetry at a glance. We have lines here. We have nine stanzas. We are back in our poetic home. This poem isn't even narrative, really setting itself firmly in the type of poetry that is sometimes criticized for not being, quote, about anything. It is about something, of course, but nothing that requires narrative. It is really just about looking out and seeing the world and seeing it as a complex personal experience. It isn't entirely traditional, however. This poem is written as a single sentence, stretched out with big descriptive phrases that build up the environment that is so important to our speaker. For this reason, our secret word is actually a phrase again. It is single sentence. Here's this week's poem. Today by Billy Collins. If ever there were a spring day so perfect, so uplifted by a warm intermittent breeze that it made you want to throw open all the windows in the house and unlatch the door to the canary's cage, indeed, rip the little door from its jam. A day when the cool brick paths in the garden bursting with peonies seemed so etched in sunlight that you felt like taking a hammer to the glass paperweight in the living room end table, releasing the inhabitants from their snow-covered cottage so they could walk out, holding hands and squinting into this larger dome of blue and white. Well, today is just that kind of day. Students. Be sure to use the phrase single sentence within your response. I noticed many students not using the speaker last week and writing as though the poet and the character within the poem are the same. But remember, they're not. We have to use the speaker to refer to the one that is speaking within the poem. Use the poet or the author if you're talking about the poet who is the author, right? You'll also want to return to using forward slashes. You'll need a single forward slash for line breaks and double slashes for stanza breaks. 
Remember to complete your paragraph-length response by Wednesday, May 20th, and two replies to the responses of your peers by the Friday that ends the week. If you enjoy this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on LeidenTeachers.com. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities, and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 26 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent.